Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. Now we're talking a little bit of college football, fellas. What did you guys think of week zero and week one? Just some things that come up off the top of your head. Now, let's not get long-winded on this segment. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I didn't get to watch too much of it aside from when I was up in Chelsea and having lunch after I got done doing football. You had some lunch after football? Yes, I went to... Um, Smokehouse Fifty Two. You're always finding the the, the greasy spoons. Well, like it's a, this this is far from a greasy spoon. This is a really good barbecue joint. Okay, well that could be considered a greasy spoon. Eh, except their food their food is really good. Okay, and and also I'll just say this: <laughs> What the hell is Scott Frost doing? You're up eleven. You kick an onside kick. Oh, that's right. The momentum of the game did change after that. Yeah, and I I actually heard this, that there was a stipulation that he had to hire a special teams coach. Now, I don't know if he hired somebody who doesn't know how to use what God put in their head, or if he just said, F you, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. But I think I think also that uh, I heard that Frost the buyout and Frost contract, I believe, drops after, once it gets to October. Mm-hmm. So, David, is it quite possible that Scott Frost does not last the season? I mean, I'm surprised that he's lasted this long, considering that kind of the guy that he replaced had a worse record than him and kind of got canned. But, yeah, I just I, – I watched that game, and even the commentators, they were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to free kick? At first I thought – Oh, you know, trying to figure this out for later in the season. But it's the middle of the game. You have the momentum. Northwestern was still trying to find their way into the game rhythm. You have a quarterback that, let's just be honest, in Martinez probably won't be the starter by the end of September. Yeah, it's not looking good. And then all the offseason stuff that we didn't get a chance to talk to about Working your offensive linemen and their offensive linemen are puking, which we've had professional athletes and professional offensive linemen, collegiate offensive linemen say that that's never been, like they've never seen that. And, you know, combined hundreds of years of playing this, you know, playing that position. Yeah, it's, it's bad in Lincoln. And the worst part is that there were some people that saw Nebraska as deserving of a top 25 vote. And I was receiving votes at the start of the preseason. Like that team is not good. Well, I've even could, well, I even heard people say that this is the year Scott Frost gets it right because they were. I know they only won three games last year, but every one of their losses was by one was by one possession or less. And it's like how can how can you manage to get kicked to the junk that many times? 
Hamzi thinking, okay, maybe they'll turn it around well. Ha, ha, ha. Same song, different verse. Yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska is going to struggle this year, and I would not be surprised if they just finally say, look, we can't, we can't keep trying to say that you know he's going to turn things around when he's just not. So, sorry, Scott Frost. It's not going to be a good year for you and Lincoln. And also, David, you'd probably agree with me on this, that if you were doing a winners and losers for Week Zero, that he would be a loser. Well, yeah. Yeah, he would be a loser. Nebraska would be a loser. Whoever decided... To do that onside kick is a loser. Playing the game in Ireland is just a complete especially, loser, even though... Especially when the Wi-Fi cut out, and then they decide, you know, we're just going to offer free beer to everyone. Because they apparently they don't take, like, cash there. You only pay with credit card, and since the Wi-Fi was out, nobody could do that. So they said, okay, everybody gets free beer, and the lines were a mile long. Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, probably wouldn't take cash, just unless, you know, transfer it over. But yeah, it's just... It was just weird doing a week zero, just playing a game in Ireland that kind of only one team, like for it was more for the Northwestern side than kind of something that both teams have that agreed to. But it's different. That's what you get in week zero. And how about another team that's a zero, and that's Hawaii? I mean, David, have you, you heard about how there's been an exodus of players there, and of course they got destroyed 63 to 10 by Vanderbilt Vanderbilt not not Alabama not Georgia Vanderbilt for me it's still it's you're recruited to an SEC school granted like we know Vanderbilt is like the like the doormat of the division but like those are still three four five star recruits and also have the the um, the academic intellect to be able to honestly, you know, get into Vanderbilt. But yeah, I think Hawaii is another team that a lot bugs people when those exodus start happening. Started with the coach's son, which is never a good sign. The transfer and then some of the other things. I know that Hawaii has been kind of that dark horse trying to right the ship for. For a little while, trying to figure out who's going to be that long-term heir apparent, and I say long-term loosely, <laughs> after the June Jones, you know, flying Hawaiian kind of, you know, well, funding gun offenses under Cole Brennan and stuff like that. So, well, yeah. actually, they have one of those former June Jones quarterbacks coaching them. That's Timmy Chang. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I like, like I like Chang. There was some thoughts when Chang was hired that you know. Do you bring June in as kind of like a advisor kind of thing or, you know, assistant to the coach just to get him acclimated? Because it's different playing in college versus coaching in college versus being the head, you know, the head football coach instead of a positional coach. I think Hawaii is going to struggle just because it's, you know, a young head coach that, you know, feet to the fire. You know, in the midst of turmoil, in transition. So, I like, I don't expect Hawaii to be bowl eligible, but I don't think anyone would, just kind of with the craziness that's happened so far. Yeah, and plus they have to, they come to Ann Arbor next week to play Michigan. That one, I think Jim Harbaugh could probably put the band of the cheerleaders into the second half, and they'd still probably put up 50. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's going to be. But hey, they're getting the paycheck. So at yeah. the end of the day, they get they get that fee to, or they get that paycheck to take the butt whooping. I mean, it's not guaranteed that you know they'll blow out Hawaii, but you never know. Yeah. So I mean that. Do you? Are you I mean, personally, I'm really not that big of a fan of the week zero. I mean, I know. There was a time where you would have games like that, like the old Pigskin Classic. You, I don't know if you remember back in the that was a thing kind of back in the mid nineties. That would be like the that was like the original Week Zero, but now it's basically just kind of a bunch of ho hum games, games where teams that play are middle of the pack to dumpster fires. Do you think that this whole week zero thing needs to just go the way of the Buffalo, David? Uh, I no, I actually kind of like week zero just because it gives you that first. It's basically like an an extra. It's like the NFL Hall of Fame game. It's like another game for you to tune up. You're not like you're playing your starters for a little bit. Um, like my thing is like if it's going to be week zero, no conference games. Like, week zero should not count for the Big Ten standing. Like, it should not count. It should be kind of Division One versus Division Two. Like, if we're just going to be honest, like Toledo versus LIU, that's a week zero game. All right. I can, I can like, definitely like, go along with that. Like, Florida State beating Duquesne. Like, that's week zero. Like, like when it's. FBS versus FCS, like those, that should be like the requirement for that. Otherwise, then you're just like, why is there a Big Ten conference game in Ireland? Mm -hmm. Or why is Illinois and Indiana playing week one for no bleeping reason? Like, Virginia Tech and Old Dominion, like that's a week zero, like a week zero game. Like it. There has to be some kind of standard and kind of rule set in place. Obviously, the NCAA doesn't give a bleep about rules, so that's a whole other aspect of it. But you play who you can play, but I just think week zero should be a tune-up week because it's not the start where everyone gets a chance to play. So you wouldn't want for there to be like a version of the old pigskin classic where I believe they used to play games that the Meadowlands or, and I believe in 95, uh, Virginia and Michigan played each other there in Ann Arbor or what about, a, let's say you do, you go back to having like those big non-conference matchups in week zero. Let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, you do, uh, do a game like, uh, this afternoon, Georgia and Oregon. How about that for week zero start the season off? Or is that too much to ask for? <sighs> Yeah, I kind of like that as a week one. Okay. Kind of like 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 a headliner of week one. So the game I was watching last night, like Western Michigan, Michigan State, like that's a week one because that's an in-state, I guess you could say rivalry, depending on who you ask in East Lansing. Um, like week zero should be FBS versus FCS. Like when Miami plays Bethune-Cookman, that's a week zero kind of game. When... Um. Yeah, like, like, like I hate to say it, but like UMass is kind of like in that, even though they're technically D one. Like that's a week zero kind of game that we'll have next week with the Rockets. 
Yeah, true like, story. Those are the kind of teams that are like week zero. Like it, like when you're getting to like the top tier of FCS, like the Old Dominions who play Virginia Tech. Oh, Old Dominions FBS, and yeah. they beat they beat the Hokies on uh, Friday night. Yeah, like that. That's a game where, um, when you're thinking, is it um, week zero, week one? Like that's on the border. Like Temple Duke, that's week zero, week one, kind of where you can kind of see it either way. Like I don't want like a big marquee. Like national championship defining kind of game in that week zero, at least for me. All right. All right now, kind of shift into the week one games that happened or earlier this week. On the, let's go to Thursday night. Obviously, you mentioned something about the backyard, the backyard brawl between Pitt and West Virginia. Pitt comes away a winner at Acrisure Stadium. It's still Heinz Field to me, damn it. So, and you said yeah. something about a play where nobody knows what a catch was. Go ahead and uh, tell the listeners. Yeah, so Pitt, West Virginia, top five college football rivalry. I don't care what anyone says. But they been, it hasn't oh. been played in like 11 years, though. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole – I mean, we can get into why, like, scheduling and – the conference realignment, and you know that's the damage of West Virginia moving to the Big Twelve. True, and, you know it's taking forever for Penn Penn State to play for the first time in God knows how long. But yeah, like it's conference conferences screw that up, and they just want to let them play. But yeah, so Pitt West Virginia and ten crowds into it, everyone's yelling, and so thirty eight thirty. Well, there are two calls um, that. Neil Brown were upset with first the targeting that happened. Eh, I can kind of see it, but more importantly, under three minutes, have to drive 75 yards into the end of the game to tie it, take it into overtime, or get the two-point possession to win the game. You know, the fourth and 16, JT Daniels drops back, throws it over the middle to Reese Smith, down at the one-yard line. Everyone is ramping up hysteria in the stadium challenge. Is it a catch? Is it not a catch? The call was it was it was it was announced as a catch, but then the call was overturned. Like I'm biased, obviously for Pitt, even though like, I got accepted his WVU and everything. Um, I kind of understand both positions. Like, I understand Neil Brown being ticked off and wanting to literally and literally chasing the officials after the game because he was so irate and sense. But I can also see if you slow the videoing down and, like, at the right point, you can see where the ball hits the ground. So it's kind of one of those things where you have replay and you want the replay to work and you want everything on the system to be good to confirm or deny the catch, but you can also understand when it's that close and, and that much of a tight situation where this literally was for the game, you can see the passion and intensity from Coach Brown. And afterwards, um, Neil Brown is basically, you know, don't ask me what targeting is, don't ask what a catch is, because he doesn't know. To be fair, no... 
no one knows what a catch is in college football, in professional football. Like, we don't. The rules change so frequently, and it's been going like this since Dev Bryant. So, but I How about since Calvin Texas. Johnson? Yeah, even yeah, since Calvin Johnson. Like, it's, it's gotten to a point where you understand the frustration because it seems like every year there's one of these plays where it's like, that's not a catch. That's not, like, that's not targeting. Like, you're looking at it, that's not a fumble. His, you know, was he down? Was he not down? Um, especially, and now with this year with the, with the Kenny Pickett rule, like, that wasn't, you know, once uh, you understand, you know, once he starts sliding, it's, you know, plays dead. But, like, again, I was watching the game last night, the hit in the Western Michigan, Michigan State game. Like, that was like shoulder. Like that was shoulder pads, and it was like boom, fifteen yards. Which which like, one? Which one are you referring to specifically? Because there was two of them. Um, one in the second half. Oh, the one that Peyton, where Peyton Thorne started to slide and got yeah. hit shoulder to shoulder. And I mean, I was watching with a buddy of mine, and he was screaming, "That's target!" I said, "That's not yeah. targeting. It is unnecessary. It's a late hit, though." No, because he did start. He did start to slide. I mean, look a lot. A lot. It. A lot of it is judgment based. Hey, and I say that as an official too. You got to really determine: did the defender at least make an effort to try and avoid or minimize the hit? But I mean, sometimes it's tough to do, and you know, oh, and when it's a matter of player safety, sometimes you just got to call it. Yeah. So, like, like I understand, like. So basically, the Kenny Pickett rule is going to decide a lot of games because a lot there's going to be a lot of 15-yard penalties added on for sure. But yeah, officiating this year in college football is going to definitely be one to watch with the targeting, the the catch, not a catch, and just seeing how these officials and how how the rules experts explain it is going to tell a lot as to what what the officiating crews have been told as the leniency versus strict versus how how you call the game. Yeah. I mean, I can say there's probably going to be a lo- there's going to be a lot of stuff that will be showing up on film that was either missed and I'll say I'll say this as an official, this is what I've been told. Sometimes it's it's better to uh, not throw a flag for something that was there than to throw a flag for something that was not. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. I mean, everything will get cleared up. Teams will get better. Referees will get better. But we got to wrap this up because we're going to get into basketball. And I think kicking it when Nate comes on at 2. Yeah. But I'll, well, how about we just jump right into the news that came out Friday. College football playoff is supposed to expand. 12 teams, the latest it could happen is 2026, earliest 2024. I guess it really depends on TV deals and stuff. Uh, I mean, look, I've made my points clear on this show before. I was somebody who was against expansion, but then realized, you know, if it's going to happen, make it 16. So I'm kind of just on the fence about it. I'm I'm not going to get up in arms either way. Hey, but I'm what I'm not a fan of is having letting top four teams get buys because I feel like you're just trying to be like the NFL too much, David. 
I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. If you got 12 teams in it, the top four teams get the bye, you got to play at their place. So I don't, I don't really see a problem with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just want to, I'd say just do 16. Okay. Keep it simple. David? My thing, like, I, I hate that they went straight to 12. My thinking is it's more logical to go to 8 and then to 12 instead of 12 and having to do the four teams. Yeah, again, like, I don't like that because it's set up like the F. CS, kind of the Division Two or Division One AA, whatever you want to call it, um, the FCS championship where the top four get buys and then it's the you know, home field. It's I understand it's all about money, but the logical leap for me is to go from four to eight instead of four to twelve. Because now it's going to be well, if you're the thirteenth team, how does that work? And then again, this doesn't happen until at least 2024. But that's still you got to figure out: are these going to be Non-bowl games, are they going to be bowl games? Where, like, how do you classify this? Do they not get bowl bids? And so that's going to change a lot of, a lot of the bowl bids and automatic conference alignments that they have, or conference um, allotments for bowls. So it's going to be crazy just to think of 12, but. Who cares yeah, just, about the, nobody cares about the bowls. Let's just be quiet. We, we've talked about this on this show several times, David. Nobody cares about the bowls. I mean, it's all the Rockets have since we're not going to Detroit. I mean, so we got his ball. Yeah, but David, it, it, it's almost to the point now. If you don't make your championship game, why should you get rewarded with a bowl game? It's just an extra football game, and then to say that you're a champion. It's just almost like these AAU tournaments where you're getting pointless awards. You're getting in the bronze bracket. You can go winless during the weekend, and then they put you in a bracket so you can win a plaque. When really you, your goal is to try to win your pool, get in the tournament play, and go to the, the either the platinum or the silver bracket. But you know what I'm saying? It, it's it's gotten to the point where people are starting to realize, and, and probably a lot of these bowl games aren't getting a lot of attendance. It's to fill you know black on air, but people are probably not watching. I mean, it gets to a point where okay, maybe you you make your conference championship winner goes to the playoff. The, the loser maybe gets a bowl bid. That should be how it should be. Not, well, we can't get to Detroit because, once again, we fumbled around and made mistakes against our rival NIU, and then we dropped another game when it was crucial because then NIU ended up losing, and then, okay, now we're in a bowl game. No. I, I think those days are over. And plus the opt-outs as well. But I've had people tell me that even if you expand the playoff, you're still going to see opt-outs. Oh, I don't know about if the if it's the playoff. I don't think so. Well, I mean, if, I I personally don't agree I mean, with that sentiment, but they'll say, well, because it's become so individualized, the players will be like, you know what? I don't. Who cares about when about this dumb little playoff? I'm gonna go opt out and get ready for the NFL, where yeah. I'm gonna make money. Well, I mean, yeah, because it's two extra games that you're putting on the body that even with or without the NIL, like. Like, that's two extra games that you have to play that matter, kind of matter, but you just kind of think about your draft stock. But, yeah, I think, well, the Bulls is mostly for recruiting, you know. They could bring recruits out to show them that aspect, say that we're a successful program. But, yeah, two extra games. Like, players don't, like, players are opting out now. Like, players are opting out, thinking back to a couple years ago, like three or four weeks into the college football season. They have to play into January, like deep into January. They want to say bleep that. 
I'll just rest up for the combine. Okay. All right. Well, we'll end on that, guys. We got to get into some NBA before we get on out of here. Listen to the 88.3 WGTs after further read. Make sure you check check out this segment. Go to SoundCloud or on iTunes. We'll load it up for you. We're always on 1130 to 130. Over a little bit because we started a little bit late. But we'll get out of this segment real quick and talk a little NBA basketball. Good trade on, I believe, Thursday. 88.3 WGTs after further read. We'll be back after this.